0: to First Samuel, uh, beginning in the first verse of the second chapter of First Samuel, we find this. Come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out to bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has any children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down the Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and He exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit the seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them He has set the world. He will guard the men of His faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. But not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. And this is the glorious word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And don't we praise God that in the midst of the trials and turmoils of life, in the midst of the uncertainties that we may face, we do stand on the solid rock. And I would point out that we stand in the midst of the solid rock, even in the midst of national uncertainty, national apostasy, and such, such as what happened in the time of Samuel. uh, Actually, let's go back a little bit to his parents, to Elkanah and Penanah and Hannah. A rather fascinating story there, because keep in mind this all occurred in the period of the Judges. And as you go to the the last verse of the book of Judges, It tells you exactly what's going on in this time. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Sound familiar? Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Uh, Look, folks, we're not the first generation to live through that. That has gone on in every generation in some way, shape, or form. In the case of Elkanah and Hannah, it was even worse. Because at this point, the, the, the corruption and uh, and everything has seeped even into the sanctuary itself. You can go on later and read about Eli's son. Those so of you who don't know about him. Let's just put it this way. Scoundrel doesn't start to describe these guys. Uh, and the, the, take the worst televangelist you've ever seen in your life, multiply it by a few, and you're coming close. But even in the midst of this apostasy, even in the midst of this corruption in the sanctuary that had made many Hebrews turn from the in disgust from worshiping, Elkanah still took his family faithfully to the sanctuary, for the festivals, and when they went, they celebrated. Because Elkanah knew God. And he knew that God was faithful. And he knew that no matter what life threw in him, God had brought him through and would continue to bring him through. Now, we have a little bit of family uh, intrigue going on here. Turns out that Elkanah has a wife named Hannah, whom he loves very much. But because of the Hebrew social system, when he when Hannah became was childless, Elkanah had to have children to pass on his family name and to pass on his inheritance. So he took another wife named Peninnah, who was a, a, a apparently very fruitful. Peninnah uh, had all kinds of kids. But just as we saw earlier with Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, the woman who has the kids looks on the woman who doesn't and starts, you know, the, the, the insults start coming, the slights start coming. Up. There is no feeling like that feeling of power. <coughs> if Hannah refuses to eat, Elkanah says, look, am I not worth more to you than ten sons? You would talk about a man who truly loves his wife? Even when he's passing out what they need to do the, the sacrifice, everybody's going to make sacrifices here, Elkanah gives Hannah twice what she's given Hannah and all the kids. But Hannah still knows that God has closed her of her womb, and in some way she needs relief. She needs deliverance. And she turns to the only one who can give her that deliverance. She turns to the one who delivered her ancestors from slavery in Egypt, who gave her ancestors a land in Israel, and who continued to bless her ancestors, bless her and her family in in the midst of the national hypocrisy and apostasy going on. She turns to God. And she prayed to God, and she said, she bowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, she's praying to the God of armies. She's praying to the one who gave them that land, and the only one who can provide for her. She said, If you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant, remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, and I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. Well, what's this thing about remembering? Has God forgotten him? of course not. God doesn't forget the people. In the Hebrew way of looking at things, to remember means to act on the memory. In other words, she wants God to act for her on her behalf. She wants God to help her in some way. then she gets really specific. She says, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Because essentially she makes an right vow for this son. He will serve God in the sanctuary all the days of Eli sees her living your mouth, doesn't hear anything coming out and show you how bad things is. The high priest of Israel cannot recognize a woman crying out to rescue to God. He thinks he she's wrong. Once they get that straightened out, he tells her go in peace. God of Israel, grant your petition that you have made to him. And here's where we get a really good lesson from him. Do you realize that once she prays to God she gets a she goes back to the camp, and she parties with the rest of them. Oh, by the way, when the people who've got together to worship, they party. And she parties with the rest of them. She eats, she, she joins him in the celebration, everything's fine. And then when they get back home, uh, Elkanah and Hannah do have a son. Hannah gives him a son named Samuel, and Samuel's name means heard of God. God has heard her prayer, and he gives her a son. In new time, she brought him, uh, Samuel to the sanctuary. And when she brought him to the sanctuary, she also brought the, the, the materials for a thanksgiving offering, for a peace offering. She brought a three-year-old wool. Uh, she brought three-fifths of a bushel of flour, brought a skin of wine, and brought that to the sanctuary. Now keep in mind, you can read more about the peace offering over in Leviticus. The peace offering uh, was a symbol of thanksgiving and praise in Israel. When you made a vow, and God fulfilled the vow, you went to the sanctuary, and you gave an offering. And you had to take the bull, you took the flour, you took the wine and everything. Essentially, you're taking the materials for communal meal. And while, the, while the, the offering cooks on the altar, you stand beside the altar, and you tell everybody in the sanctuary why you're giving the peace offering. You tell the people what you were going through, You tell them the prayer that you prayed. And then you tell them what God has done for you to fulfill your prayer. That's why you're here at the sanctuary delivering this peace offering. And by the way, in the Hebrew way of saying things, if God blessed you and God answered your prayer, and you didn't offer the peace offering, that was a sin. You were expected to praise God for everything he did. And it's in the middle of her testimony that Hannah gives us this beautiful prayer about what God has done for her. My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in the Lord. Hannah did not have the strength of her own to give Elkanah a son, but God provided her a son. God gave her the strength to bear, to bear Samuel. It wasn't enough back then to, 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 make, to get pregnant. It was, it was also a very dicey proposition. Keep in mind that infant mortality was very high at that time. Uh, Keep in mind that that, 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 that Saul was death after childbirth, and God brought her through this. And then, kind of turns turns around and throws a few things out that lets us know that she has not only turned over her childlessness to God, she's turned over Penanah to God, the one who was giving her all these insults. She says, my mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Now we think of salvation today as solely a spiritual thing, but keep in mind that in, in Scripture, salvation is not just something spiritual, it's something physical as well. When you pray to God to help you in battle, if he helps you, that's a that's their salvation. When you pray for God to bless your nation in some way, and he does, that's salvation. So, in a very real well sense, God has saved her from Penina's domination over the family. And he goes, she goes on to say, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. In the time of her trial, in the time of her distress, nobody could help her but God. And God did. And God gave her the blessing of a child. And now she has given the child back to him. And now she goes on to talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. In other words, Penana it's over. All of these insults that I've dealt with, all of these snide remarks that you've given about me—it's over now. And here's something to keep in mind, just in case the pen of that doesn't get the lesson: but God is a God of knowledge, and by Him, actions are weighed. All of these times when people want to kind of throw the little zinger in that deflates somebody—all these times when somebody wants to attack someone else—you better keep something in mind: Jesus is watching. I'm pretty sure that that, that, that uh, know, some of y'all have heard a story about that. Yeah, God is watching. Jesus is watching. God keeps the record, folks, and it's only by His grace that the records of raised. It's a whole lot better for us not to get it on the record in the first place. And as Hannah goes on, she points out all of these people who want to rely on their own strength, all of these people who want to rely on their own wealth, all of these people who think that in their mind they can do all of this stuff, they all fall victims. To their hubris and their pride, and they all fall under judgment of a righteous and just God. Those denying, broken. But the people find on strength. Those who were full, put the ones out in heaven to, to you no know, tire themselves out so they can find something to eat. But those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. So then comes one the barren is born seven, If she who has many children is four Now, interestingly, God did not give Hannah seven children. He ever only six. She had two more sons and three daughters after this, in addition to Samuel. And time and again, as she's going through this pressure, pointing out that it's God that lives in heaven. It is God who works in humanity. It's God who works to bring about His purpose. And no matter what humans may try, God's will will not be thwarted. God brings low, and He exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy up from the ash heap. He makes the needy sit with the princes. He makes the needy and carry the place of honor. Because the pillars of the Lord are the Lord's. God alone created all this, and God alone sustains it. And God alone continues to answer the prayers of His people. Because He will guard the feet of His faithful ones. The wicked shall be cut off in darkness, but not by might shall a man prevail. All of those who think they can oppose the will of God will find themselves in the category of the adversaries of the Lord and they shall be broken in pieces. But the Lord will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. Boy, there's a wall. They don't have a king. Hey, you don't have a king. How can he lift up his king? It's interesting how time begins when people of God start praising him in Scripture, they start prophesying as well. And Hannah's son Samuel will anoint the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. And it's David to whom God will really give strength and exalt the power of his own. And we find all kinds of lessons in this. We find all kind of lessons as God starts Working to deliver Hannah, and as Hannah starts praising God, and as all of these things start happening, we start seeing God working and moving in everything. I know that a lot of folks in Israel at this time, had thought, God has abandoned us. He's put a bunch of heathens up in the sanctuary. The judges are no good, and we have no hope whatever. But God never forgot Israel. God continued to work in Israel, He continued to work in Elkanah's life, He continued to use Him. And all the other faithful to keep the worship going at the sanctuary. Even when the priests were faithless, the people were faithful. And even as worship degraded, was degraded in the sanctuary, the people kept worship going because they knew they worshiped an almighty God. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. <coughs> Let me tell you something. When it comes down to it, God alone will serve as our strength, God alone will serve as our refuge, and God alone will help us in this. And there's a, a lot of wordplay going on here. When you go back, and keep in mind that in Hebrew, every name means something. Hannah, of course, means grace, and God gave her grace by blessing her with the son. Interestingly, Hannah means precious stone, but the precious stone became a rock of oppression. And when that rock of oppression fell on Hannah, Hannah prayed to the rock her Lord, and he delivered her. And the precious stone was crushed. I believe that as we go through this week, we should keep in mind that God deserves our praise. He deserves our praise. I know we're all going to get together tonight at 6 o'clock and in case you're wondering yeah, when the Baptists get together we can really do some serious eating around here you put a couple of Methodist churches with us and folks there's going to be more food back there than you'll, you'll, you'll find in the entire community
1: and that's all well and good
0: but even as we get together to worship together to fellowship together and everything we need to keep in mind our nation needs our prayers. And as Hannah was the only one who could answer the prayers and the only one who could deliver her, we too must lift up our nation and we must continue to pray for our nation. The people in our lives need our prayers. Every one of us here is either... but you know, We all have our own struggles, but we also know somebody else who has them as well. They need our prayers. They need our help. And in a real sense... We oh got Bunch of these hell bunch see. And so most of this, a lot of this pride and arrogance and hubris that you see going on here, a lot of it all comes down to sin. Always comes down to sin, actually. To clarify that. Um, and our rock, our fortress, has dealt with that as well. Because on the rock, outside Jerusalem, in an abandoned quarry, in 1833. Son of God, Jesus, was lifted up on the cross. And he became not just for the salvation of the Jews, but for the salvation of the world. And through his resurrection, as he came out of a tomb hewn from rock, he became our victory over sin and death. We're not going through persecution here in America. I'm not complaining. A lot of people around the world today are. Some people showed up to church today and found the door's locked. Some people showed up to church today and found someone standing there ready to meet the first person who went through.
1: Somebody showed up the church
0: today and were in worship when the worship was interrupted by government officials and such. We have a vested interest in praying for those in the church that are going through this and for helping them in every way possible knowing that only God can serve as their eternal rock and serve as their eternal strength. But I know that one day in a new heaven, we will all join together, not just with those persecuted, but with all those who have given their lives to Christ. And we will lift up the Son of Hannah. We will say, my heart is exalted in the Lord, and our strength is exalted in the Lord. We will agree that there is none holy like the Lord, there is no rock like our God. People of God, no matter what you're going through this week, stand on the rock and make sure everybody around you hears you praise him for what he has done. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit.